0: Cincinnati, welcome!
1: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio. Home of jackpot Joey Burrow and the AFC North and AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Now do me a favor, hit that, if you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. You guys are killing it. I'm up to 1,577 subscribers. You guys are awesome, and I appreciate all the birthday wishes yesterday. Yesterday was a very fun day. I got to go out and hang out and drink some beers at uh, 13 below and go eat some wings over Wild Mike's. It was a great, great time. Now, if you're watching a show on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. And as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. The Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties Quality Housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management team and your rental needs. All right, guys. So, also, one more thing real quick. If you're in the uh, YouTube chat crew and you want to support what I'm doing, please give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. (laughs) flesh, Terry. What's up? Haas is in there. Ray Robinson's in there. What's going on, guys? Uh, He said, let's talk about the best team uh, in Cincinnati. Let's talk about the Reds. Uh, Yeah, they're not doing so hot right now. But the funny thing is, uh, Ace and Zim, who I'm are joining the show today. I recorded uh, the interview with them earlier today. We actually do get into the Reds a little bit with their thoughts. On what's going on with the our beloved baseball team here, which unfortunately they lost their third straight in a row. I also have an interview that is on the channel. You guys can check out is with Annie Sabo. I kind of messed her name up at first, but it's Annie Sabo. She is the daughter of Chris Sabo, who is my favorite player of all time. Like I said, here's his bobblehead. I have it with me on the desk here. Check that one out as well. That's a good interview. But Ace and Zim joined the show today or earlier. Next time up play that here in a little bit. And we talk a little bit of Reds. We talk a lot about the draft. Uh and you know, Linderbaum, Booth, Elam, what do you guys want to do? Those are if those three are there. So we'll see. Uh get to some of the conversation here with the comments here and then I'll get to the interview. Keith says as a football team after Phil and his comments. Yeah, I I still don't (laughs) still don't get the, the reason you would say that. Um, like I said, Mike Brown has gone through more hell in this city Now it was deserved. I mean, he had the last decade, as Lance McCarris likes to call it, where it wasn't, we didn't win anything. And we, you know, had all kinds of protests and different things. Mike Brown's saw the team yada, yada, yada. Well, Phil Castellini's only had to deal with it for like the last two years. And to be honest, since his dad, Bob Castellini, bought the team, he said he's going to bring back championship baseball, which I keep quoting that over and over and over and over again. I'm still waiting for championship baseball. We've had, uh, what, three playoff runs? That's it? In the 15 years? Or, you know, 15 years or whatever that he's owned the team? So it's it's not championship baseball. Uh, They can wrap it up all they want, saying that uh, they're trying to win. We all are very smart sports fans, smart baseball people. We understand that they are not trying to win. We see that. Uh, Centauri, what do you got here? Do I prefer <laughs> smearing off or smearing off ice? I uh prefer Bud Light <laughs> or Ryan, guys, or 13 Blows, good too. I'm, I'm more of a beer guy than, than that. And Terry, yeah, Moose is a waste of 64 million dollars. He, yeah, uh, he has not produced in the way that we thought he would. He has been hurt more than not. And right now, he's not hitting very well with, along with a lot of the Reds. I mean, it came out, they're going to do an opening pitcher again. I can't remember what the, the date is that Lance McAllister put that out there, but uh, this is getting ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> like, uh, I kind of thought maybe we might be okay with their pitching, but uh, right now, no. I and mean, then in, in the offense, which we knew is going to be a struggle because you, you, let Castellanos go. You traded Jesse Winker. <laughs> you, know, you didn't add anybody, and that's the problem that Reds fans have with this whole thing that the Castilians are doing. Oh my goodness! Like Keith, when he sat here, he said they couldn't beat up a little league team, <laughs> they might be able to beat a little league team, but yeah, they're just not a good team. Uh, we got Keith there real quick. They are tanking to make tanking to make a profit, money. Lol. What? a damn joke. The whole roster is trash. I feel bad for India and Tyler Stevenson. Yeah, and I feel bad for Joey Votto. I mean, look, since Votto signed his contract, we've been to the playoffs one time, and that was 2020. And that's the only reason they made the playoffs that year was because they expanded the playoffs. That's it. So, I, it, 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 it's, it's unbelievable. And, and what I keep saying is if you see the success – and the way the, the fan base has has, has come together and, and, and is behind the Cincinnati Bengals and behind the Brown family. That's why I just don't understand. I mean, it is completely flipped to 180. I mean, it used to be the city did not like the Brown family, which, you know, they, they were unhappy with Mike Brown, you know, the way he ran the team, the way he did stuff. In 48 hours, Phil Castle completely flipped it to the fans versus him. And not Mike Brown. It is unbelievable how he did it. So I, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen a, an owner say, or the son of an owner say. He's because he's a COO. He's actually the owner. Either way, it's 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 unbelievable. It, it's I, I would never understand one why you said that. Two, I'll never understand why they even did all this stuff. the part that pisses everybody off, and this part that irritates me, is in 2020 they went all in. I said we're tired of you know basically we're we're, we're not gonna we're, the rebuild's over. We're gonna try and win. Okay, that lasted for a year, <laughs> you know. In nineteen, they didn't, or in twenty-one, they didn't do anything. Anyone, your team was fighting their asses off to try to get the playoffs. You didn't do anything. And now, anyway, it's 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 a mess. It is a complete mess. All right, let's get to a couple more comments here, and then I'll get to my interview with Asim. Uh Santiago. They are lowering the payroll by sixty-five million, adding fifty-five. Back at one twenty, 120, one twenty-five, or 13, or one thirteen. Yeah, it makes no sense. I, that I don't, I don't. It makes no sense what they're doing. Yeah, I forgot to add him to that many times. How how are they going to rebuild with Joe with Joey? Got to get that man a damn ring. Yeah, exactly. And that well, and somebody I can't remember who was Somebody made a great comment on my my little two cent rant that I I put on the channel. Where the Reds are constantly rebuilding, and every time, and he's right every time. They would get somebody up to the point where they're good. Like Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker, point in case. Why in the hell did they trade Jesse Winker? He's under contract. He he hasn't even hit, you know, arbitration eligibility yet, I don't think. He's got If I got a first all-star, he's getting to the point of where you've been working to get these young guys up to. And you trade him. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, it makes absolutely until We're in a constant rebuild. We're constantly rebuilding our rebuilds. You can't have any success it's sustained success doing that. It blows my mind. That's the one that really irritated me when they traded Justin Wicker. Jonathan India. Look, he's going to be a a great second baseman. Hell, he gets the one where you go make any money. They're going to be like, Oh, we should trade him. You know, we don't need to keep him. We're going to trade him. What, what, what kind of, how do you, how is that running a baseball team? And don't give me this crap about Small market. I'm so tired of hearing small market. I'm so, so tired of that. Uh, it was about money. It's about, it's about tanking and gaining prospects. Why well, did we? Well, we've done that. <laughs> we we've done that over and over and over again. Carl Lindner, if you guys remember back when he owned the team, we trade away for prospects. None of them turned out to be anybody. <laughs> you know, we've done this already. All right, Jake, you're with me. You take Lindner ball. Yeah, we talk about that, um, on the interview here with uh Ace and Zim. I, I if Lindner. Bomb is there. I am taking him. Uh, the, I'm running to the table and taking him. I, I, to me, the draft break perfectly, and I know not everybody agrees with me on this. But I take Leonard Baum at 31, and then I go get Kobe. if Kobe is there in the second round, I take him. I mean, I'm just telling you, there's a reason he won, you know, the award for the best cornerback in college football. There, there's a reason. You know, he was considered one of the best quarterbacks. He had sauce on the other side. They never threw to sauce. They always threw to Kobe, and he held his own and against high competition. And that's including Alabama. That's including Georgia. So he's played really against very high-quality opponents and held his own. And that's why if you get – if they get Leonard and you can get Kobe, whoo, I'm out. That That draft is good. All right, let's see here, Natty. Uh, the team is constantly rebuilding. Always pull a run. Look at the Braves. You look at the Braves. Just look at the, the Cleveland, the Guardians, other than the stupid name they got. <laughs> they run their system pretty good, and they don't, they're constantly in the running for the playoffs and making the playoffs. No, they haven't won World Series, but they were just in one, you know, what, 2015, 2016. It wasn't that long ago. You know, they're a small market team, but they also somehow figure out how to put a winning team on. I hate to say the St. Louis Cardinals, they're a small market and they're always in the playoffs and they're always winning and they're winning World Series. Why can't the Reds do that? That's what I don't get. Okay, Santori, if they traded Winker to get rid of Suarez, that was even dumber because you can't, I don't care. Cut, I would keep Gino on the team to, to not trade <laughs> Jesse Winker. I mean, Jesse Winker is an all star, he's a young player. He, yeah, I understand, uh, yeah, I, I get that sort of, but I wouldn't have done it. I mean, cut Suarez, eat the money. I don't know, <laughs> I would have not traded Jesse Winker. Keith Kobe is a diamond in the rough, best kept secret. I agree with it. I mean, some people don't agree with me, they think they think I'm wrong. You know, I think I mean, I, I'm, I'm nothing not or wrong with booth or elam or anything i'm just a big kobe bryant fan so kobe if you're watching the show i'd love to get you on sometime Bengal brown i used to watch baseball until i learned how the soft cap works Plain, plain and simple it's not fair uh competition college football is getting worse and worse as well nfl is got it all the way i love nfl i'm with you on that uh dustin uh, I want to build defense in the draft. We cannot ass- assume our defense is going to be as opportunistic as last year. I agree with you, but my point is this team could put 40 on. on I really do. I really do believe this team could put 40 up every single week. And if you could completely solidify that offensive line, not, then there's nothing against Jackson Garmin. Look, if they don't do it, fine. I'm not going to be upset. You know, You know, if, if Jackson Garbage, your left guard, or Deontay Smith, your left guard, the offensive line is still better than it was before. I'm just saying, if you can get that center and you can move Ted Karras over to guard, who, which Ted Karras plays, is better at playing guard than he is at center. He's a good center, plays a better guard. If you do that and you can get Kobe Bryant, you're solidifying your defense and your offensive line in two picks. I mean, that's that would be huge. Because I, like I I'm a big believer of Dust, uh, Kobe Bryant. I would say Dusty Bryant. Kobe Bryant. I'm a huge believer in him. Uh, Rob here. The team that hangs on to mediocrity medi- medi- are worse than teams that swing for defenses, in my opinion. Well, that's what kills me with the rest. Like last year. And I, again, I'll quote Lance McAllister. Sometimes the year doesn't pick you. Sometimes you don't pick the year. The year picks you. Last year, the year picked them. They were in first place, I think, heading into the All-Star break, or they were game out. They were really close. And the biggest problem last year was the bullpen. And that's what just drove me insane that they would not go out and get anybody. And I've had somebody me, well, it's hard to make trades. They do it all the time. People make trades all the time, especially when we have a championship baseball team. And we had a championship baseball team last year. And they did nothing to, to help it out until August. It was over by then. They were out of it. By the time they made the trades, it was over. So that's where I'm like, I don't, the, all they want to be is, is, is it? This reminds me of what Carl in their owned the Reds. He paid, excuse me, he paid for two guys and expected us to go out there and watch him pay for Kate Griffey Jr. and Barry Lager, two Hall of Fame players, two great players, two of my favorite players of all time. I felt terrible for them because they could never get enough pitching. To be any good, you had Sean Casey on that team. You had Adam Dunn on that team. If you go back and look at those teams in the early years, uh, you know, from uh, the early 2000s, if Carl Leonard would have helped make a trade and go get some pitching or something, they could have been potential playoff teams or potential, at least contending teams, but we never went out and got anybody. This is exactly what Bob Castle is doing right now. He expects us to go spend our money, go watch Joey Votto, go watch Jonathan India, and deal with it. I'm not dealing with it. I'm tired of this. And I hope you guys are tired of it too. Crime time. What's up? Uh, are you going to the draft? Uh, no, nah, I wish I was. Uh, would love to meet you. Yeah, I, I would love to go, but it's in uh, Vegas. So I ain't got the jack to go to Vegas. <laughs> but I would love to go. I'm, I know uh, Bengal Jim is going. So you can definitely go go see him out there. Robert, who day? Hope you enjoyed your birthday. I did. Not sure what to say about them Reds owners. I also like Bryant, but not sure I'm sold to him at second round. The thing is, look, there's a lot of people saying he might be a, be there in the third round, so you could take a chance and and draft another cornerback or a safety in the second round, you know, and then get Kobe in the third because he might be there, but he's starting to move up the boards from things, uh, things that I've heard. Keith, you agree Kobe's a stud? Let's see here. Michael, uh, if the Bengals guy isn't there at third or one, do they take someone else or trade out of the first round? If like they should have at least, you know, a couple guys that are there. Like, you know, three or four guys that if they're there, we're taking them. And in my mind, if their guys are not there, yeah, they should trade back. You know, I I that that's a definite. Because the thing is, we need to add depth to this. Team, and we need to add depth to the defense because, like somebody said in the comments, it's not necessarily guaranteed that this this defense is going to be as opportunistic as it was last year. And also, you got guys coming up with contracts that they probably aren't going to be able to resign. You got, like I say, got Jesse Bates, you got Von Bell. You know, th- these guys are coming up quick. I mean, Jesse Bates' is our contract is already basically up; he's under a tag. So these guys, these are guys that you're probably going to have to replace at some point. And I think that starts with this draft right now. Uh, About Joey B's opening day, swag was awesome. That's from William Wilson. Yes, Joey B was a badass opening day. I loved seeing him, T, and uh, Jamar Chase there as well. All right, guys, you guys are killing me with the comments. I love it. It's awesome. I'll try to get to all of them here because I want to try to get this interview here. (laughs) But I, I enjoy the conversation here. I uh, see your hoss uh, watching cornerback Cam Taylor. Uh, Bridget highlights uh, the more I love him. Plays fast, aggressive, also punt re- punt returner pretty well, and that's the thing too. It'd be nice if the the Bengals could get, and I think they will try to get a a, a punt returner. So we'll have to. I have not I have, honestly, I have not watched uh, enough film of Cam Taylor to to actually to give my opinion. But I'll go with your sauce. Terry, G-A-B-P will look like the Marlins games this season. Eh, did you see, what was that, Wednesday's game? There was nobody there. And that's what I don't get with Phil okay, Sweeney. It's just like you ruined opening day. Like you really took the one day that the Reds fans will show up no matter what. Opening day, because it's a big party, It's a, it's history you know it's it's like a, a citywide holiday and you took that day of all days to blast your fan base makes no sense makes absolutely no sense William I am boycotting the red to tell they sell the team and you might not be the only one I'm not saying I'm not boy I'm not saying I'm boycotting because I love going to the games. I'm not planning on going to any games right now. I'll tell you that I'm not saying I'm not going to and that's the thing, too, is, is Chad Brendel said this on 1530 Homer the other day. Back in the day when we're trying to get rid of Mike Brown as the owner, there was no chance that was going to happen because that was that is their team. That is their business. That's their family-owned business. You weren't going to get them to, to sell the Bengals. Phil Castellini doesn't own the majority uh, shares of the Reds. He was voted in by the other stockholders as the CEO and head guy. He can always quickly be voted out. Somebody else could actually buy some more stock and, you know, put him in the back seat, you know, of not being the the head guy anymore. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I'll tell you what, this is not going away (laughs) anytime soon for Phil. for what his son said. It's not going away. You cannot sit there and blast your fan base the people that you were crying that nobody comes to games, you know, and that's what kills me there. They do all this really cool stuff in the stadium, which they do. The stuff they do inside the stadium is great, except for what they do on the field. Like, look, Riverfront Stadium was a cookie-cutter baseball. It wasn't even a baseball park. It was a multi-purpose stadium. That place, they never had a problem with attendance. When Marge shot on the team, they never had a problem with attendance. When I grew up, well, I was a kid, younger kid in the 80s and into my teenage years, my 20 years into the 90s, from, from like 85 to like 95. The Reds were a competitive team each and every year. In the 80s, if they had the playoff format like they had now, they would have made the playoffs every year. From 1985 to 1989, every single year they would have made the playoffs because they finished second every year in the, in the NL West. Go look it up. From in 90, they won the World Series. 91, 92, 93, they were competitive. 94 was strike. 95, they were competitive. 95, they went to the playoffs. For, so for that 10-year stretch, they were competitive every single year in a small market. Don't give me this crap that they can't compete. I know they can. I saw them do it. They <laughs> are like, oh, it's a totally different thing now. No, it's not. The it Yankees were still spending a ton of money. The, the, you know, these teams are still outspending everybody else. The Reds just actually put money. They didn't go out and spend stupid money. They they did smart things. They 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 brought guys up from the minor leagues. They didn't, I don't know, trade their best player, their young players, once they got better. You know, they would have never done that. That would have been the crazy I mean, they would have been ran out of town for doing that. <laughs> like it's just ah oh, I I so that's where I'm like, I don't want to hear this small market stuff. I've seen it. I've seen this team in a small market be successful and and be competitive for a, a, a big portion of my, my younger life. Now, the last, from 95 till now, I mean, seriously, from 1995 to now, we had the 99 one-game playoff, playing game, which we lost, and then we went to the playoffs uh, 2010, 11, 12, 13. That's it. That's it. That's the only time they made the playoffs. That's it. From, <laughs> like, from 90, 85 to, to, to ninety five, they made it. Uh, they made it twice, but again, that playoff format was different. You had to win the National League West, or yeah, you had to win the National League West. You had to win it, and it was just it was the West and the East, and that was it. And the two teams that won the division went to the to the playoffs, and then they went to the World Series. That was it. <laughs> That's all there was. So you know, the playoff format now is so much different. It would have been so it have been so nice if they'd done this back then. <laughs> it would have been really fun. Anyway, I went off long enough here on this. I want to get to my interview with Ace and Zim, and I will jump back on later on here, and we can continue the conversation if you guys would like. But here's my boys from Cincinnati, guys. I got two of my favorite brothers in arms here, the podcast kings. They started their own or went out on their own, I should say, podcast. The boys from Cincinnati. Ace and Sim, what's going on, bro? Boys,
2: what's up, bro? How you doing, Strawberry Ice? Thank you for having us.
1: No problem, no problem. Glad you guys came on. You guys are uh, are venturing off into a a new frontier with your with your own podcast. It started what about two weeks ago, I think now.
2: Yeah, Yeah. about two weeks ago.
1: Yeah. So how's it going going so far? You you already uh, knocked it off, kicked it off with a really good interview for the uh, from a a player personnel rep for the Cincinnati Bengals. His name slips my mind right now, but.
3: Steven uh Radicevich. I was just talking go. to him about an hour ago. That's crazy. But um, yeah, we actually did a real good show yesterday with Brett Coleman too. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Real good film guy, real good draft uh contact. Then we also got a Didi uh Kinkambala coming up this uh Tuesday as well, too. So we've got Damn. some good, some good, some good good talent lined up over here in Cincinnati. So we're working. I'm like, you know one thing I thought about you too. I was like, man, I got a I got a real Cincinnati guy in the building. I gotta make sure that we cover Reds a little bit, even though we're not big baseball guys. I know right. you are, yeah. so you are going to get a little bit of Reds action on there too.
1: Hey, I, that works for me, man. I, c- I cover, like I said, people are like, oh, you you talk about the Bengals all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, I do because that's what lots of people want to talk about, and they're freaking, you know. The- nah, you talk about the Reds. No, I, I mean, but I, I do, I do love my Reds. They're kind of ticking me off right now. with <laughs> – <laughs> the way they're born.
3: anybody saying that that's cat bro I'll, I'll catch your show you definitely uh, get the Reds in there a good amount more than more than anybody else that i know that's covering the bangles that's fact. i appreciate it man i appreciate it and that with how we got that you
1: brought it up we got the whole did you guys see the whole thing with phil castellini what he he came out and said about reds fans i'm yeah. like dude like seriously all right this, this is my take on this and, and this is going a little di- different direction i thought it was gonna go but that's fine Mike Brown, for all the years, all the years and all the crap he took for 20 years, 25 plus, never said a freaking word. I mean, he never really talked, but he never said anything against the fans or anything like that. Phil Castellini, two years of the fans getting upset with him, lost his damn mind the other day. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs>
2: yeah it was just like to do that right before like the the joe burrow thing was gonna happen and the Bengals being there um and then like you hear the who they chance at the baseball game right, right you know cincinnati you know we petty right like if <laughs> we don't ride with you we're gonna we gonna make sure that you feel it and they definitely have made sure that phil uh definitely immediately regretted that he's already backtracking but it's too late the damage oh, is isn't. done yeah, that ship is sailed, dude. He, but he, he backtracked the, the
1: night of with a two-sentence two sentence apology. Can't get out of here with that. We know you meant every word you said. We know you did.
3: <laughs> I think what a you got lot on people, the- A lot of people are critical, like on the Brown family. But one thing about them is, you know, they, they keep everything pretty much in-house. And that's a reason for that, too. Sometimes the less you say, uh, you know, is always for the – not always, but sometimes the less you say is – it it turns out to be for the betterment. So
1: yeah, exactly. All right, now let's get back to to your guys' podcast. And you said you you have uh, uh, another a uh, uh, film study guy coming up here soon. Is that, that who you said you have?
3: We did it last night with Brett Coleman, real really 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 good, really good guy. Um, he had some real good, interesting thoughts on tight end. Um, he also had some real good stuff to say about Joey B. But um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, we interviewed him and he, and he talked about tight end and he was really high on Greg, uh Greg Dolchich. I can't mm-hmm. pronounce his name correctly. <laughs> it's kinda like me with, with
1: Linderbaum Bong Balm Bomb. easy. Linder easy. I I I can want to say Bong for some reason instead of Bomb. <laughs> I don't
3: <laughs> I don't you, know why. You, but Maybe see let's... at first I didn't know I never saw his name written, so I used to call him Linder Ball. Oh, and okay. then I finally saw it. I said, oh, bomb? Like, yeah. like, like lip, just think a right, lip, lip bomb. Like
1: lip bomb, yeah. like So lip when balm. I see it, I can say it fine. It's just trying to say it on top of my head, it comes up, bong. I don't, anyway, whatever. <laughs> I'm dyslexic sometimes. <laughs> so, all right. We had, like I said, going to Reds Open Day. we had Jack by Joey Burrow there. We had T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And I'm going to preface this with, uh, give credit to where credit is due. James Rapine is the one that first said this. And I've kind of said this the last couple of years. And I think this is turning more into a football town. Been a baseball town and the reds are trying to tag on to that with bringing burrow and chase and higgins and all that there what do you guys i know you guys don't live in the city right now but you guys are from here what's your thoughts on is it becoming a, a football town more a baseball town or is it just what have you done for me lately and if the reds would win and spend some money the, the city would support them as much as we're supporting the bengals
2: I think uh, for me, like growing up in Cincinnati, my grandmother was a huge Reds fan. Like she would always listen to every single Reds game by the radio. That was her thing. Uh, before she passed away, uh, she actually got to go to one of the games. She actually um, used a no call lender from back in the day. So my grandmother was like heavily involved in the Reds. And a lot of that came from obviously the Big Red Machine and things that they did back in the day. For me, once I kind of, got of age it was kind of the King Griffey Deion Sanders kind of era like when the Reds weren't as really good right like let's just be honest and the Bengals weren't but then the Bengals ended up turning it on and I still remember back in 2005 that's to me when kind of the tie started to change a little bit like there was that excitement in the city for the sports team and I feel like it's returned and you know the Reds have fielded some teams where it has really gotten that that fan base back into it and then it just seems like anytime that they build these guys or they get some guys they end up shipping them off or something like that and it's like what's the plan it's similar to where i live now with the orlando magic what is your plan like are you going to keep these guys that are that have promise are you going to trade them away like what is the actual plan and so now i think that the Bengals have done so many things between 2005 to now to revamp that image from the losing 90s era of the Mike Brown takeover that a lot of people especially with Joe Burrow and the excitement going to the Super Bowl is completely a football town in my opinion and and rightfully so just based off of what the Bengals have done and we're in the state of Ohio right like you know, baseball is the pastime, but Ohio is really known for football. Whether it's college, whether it's high school, like now that the professional teams are there. I mean, the football Hall of Fame is in Ohio. So for me, yeah, it's definitely a football city now. What's your thoughts, there, Zim?
3: I, I mean, I agree with that mo- mostly, but I just I feel like winning is just uh, they do that here, and I, I remember the Nationals. I, I live in D.C. They did that with the Nationals. They won the championship. I mean the whole city was like it was crazy. Like the the playoffs. I mean, I would go out downtown and I mean you couldn't walk. And then I was at the parade Prior to that though, you know, like I don't, you know, this is an expansion team from Montreal. So you gotta think like um for for the for a year or two. I remember when they drafted Bryce Harper, like it was it it turned into a baseball time when you win, right? When you right. lose, you know. So I think, you know, I, I do I think this though. If the Reds won in sensing, I know, like, take away Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's just a different animal. Right. But if the Reds won, though, like, man, I don't know. I, I think the Reds might go, like, a, a higher tier up. But it's all predicated on winning. Like, yeah, just,
1: exactly. It's, yeah, it's all it's all predicated on winning, for sure. And, and the, this this town was just off the hook. Right? Their football season, especially the Super Bowl run and, and oh, the banks down it. there. It was unbelievable. It. Oh, dude, I, 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 I will never forget going – down to the banks after the Bengals uh, beat the Chiefs, and just the energy in the city. And 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 when you guys were doing your, your announcing your Cincinnati podcast, Zim uh, tweeted out a picture of him saying, Who day or whatever, people started jumping on it. And I, I did it, a video of when I was down there at the banks. I had a cigar in my mouth, I had a phone up, and I'm like, Who day? And everybody's yelling, Who day? I mean, it was freaking packed down there. It was unbelievable. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life and I've, I've had a long life i'm 47 now officially yesterday yesterday was my birthday so happy yeah, birthday I'm, I'm, thank you sir i'm officially getting older getting closer to 50 which is not <laughs> not the greatest direction i want to go all right so let's get into the Bengals here we got enough enough red saw we get to the Bengals here we got the draft coming up we we all know they killed it in in free agency and it's it's not turning into a civil war as you guys uh had last year with uh chase and and sewell but it's kind of the, the the conversations kind of turn do you want to get a lender bomb or do you want to get booth or do you want to get elam i said it right that time now what i put out yesterday and i had this uh, on sans on, on as well is what if all three of them are there which is very highly unlikely very highly unlikely but just for discussion point here, if all three of them are there which one would you guys take
3: now, now the choices are lender bomb booth and who else elam Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Linderbaum for me, then Bruce right. next and then Elam at last. Because the one thing that I keep on telling people about is like one bad seed on this line can change a lot. And I think, uh, I think it was really good at Brett Coleman, who we interviewed, we talked about, we interviewed yesterday. He was like, you know what? Like the goal honestly is to make Joey B be, be the supreme, you know, and I've always felt that way, you know, like it's a different in philosophy. Some people wanted to protect first, Then you go get the weapons. Now that we've got the weapons, it's like now I'm all in on like, let's protect. Right. Just because you did all of those great things in the offseason, I just think that Linderbaum gives you the option to grow. Joey B has somebody that for the next four or five years, he can say that that's my guy. I'm going to snap the ball to versus the Karras, the Kappas of the world that might just be here two, three years, you know? So you need that element of that on your offensive line, what he offers you from the center position. Is something that I don't know the Bengals have ever had. Right. Um, so just that alone, like, and then you look at some of the stuff with Boo coming off the, the spinal injury, the sports hernia, hernia injury. He's not the fastest guy. I love him to death. I think he's a, a supreme talent. I just think that one or the other will be there though. That that was right. one yeah, of my... Yeah, that's right goal. there. I think one of the three is going to be there. I, if, I do. Yeah. I, if, if Linderbaum is gone... That means that somebody pulled the trigger on Linderbaum and didn't pull it on a corner that they probably would have. And then a Booth or McDuffie level talent person, I right. think it's just going to be right there. The weird part about it or unfortunate part about it is that if Booth was there right before us, I think there's no way that the Chiefs don't take them right. You know, like right before us. And so then the question comes like. Will the Bengals go up two, three spots? That's all I would uh, that's all I need them to do if one of those guys was there and it was their guy. But knowing the Bengals, they, they're not even as high up on them as we are, right? Like right. They might like they might like uh the kid from Auburn or something or right. or something and right. say, right. you know, we'll just wait it out, knowing them. So who knows? But Linderbaum, uh Booth, then Elam. I, I would I don't even like Elam, but, but <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah we just, don't we don't like Elam at all, so Uh, For me, I think I would actually go Andrew Booth in this situation simply based off of the way that the position is built uh, in the draft. Like when you look at the offensive line pool, uh, you definitely have a lot more of a deeper position and guys that are going to last for a long time. If you pass on Andrew Booth at 31 uh, with the run that is going to come on corners, I think in the first round, I don't know if I can roll the dice with who's gonna be there in the second round at the 31st pick versus what would be there in the second round at the 31st pick for the offensive line. I could still potentially go offensive line in the second second round, right? But you know, the only guy that I may feel comfortable taking in the second round at 31 that will be there would be Kobe Bryant. So if if you were to say take Tyler Linderbaum in the first and then get Kobe Bryant, if you could guarantee me that in the first two rounds sure i would do it uh but if booth is there I'm and i'm not I'm guaranteeing sure
3: you, i'm guaranteeing you kobe Bryant's gonna be in the second i'm guaranteeing oh yeah. you, that, i think kobe Bryant's a third round corner yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing, I'm, I'm guaranteeing I'm, you that kobe Bryant will be there in a the second
1: yeah there, that, there's lots of people telling me he's gonna be a, a third round i'm like really i'm like the, and the and 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 craziest
2: and part is i was just looking at this it's a, a company called sis football that really they're a big deal essentially like a lot of nfl teams use them they do all kind of other analytics they had Kobe Bryant ranked, I believe, fourth, like over Kyrie elam They had him higher wow. than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and you have to remember, like this guy won the best corner in the country trophies, right. like yes. in in the nation. And he was tried because of no one was was trying to target Sauce Gardner. So mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that gave him even more opportunities in a in a situation where he was targeted a lot. He still came out as the top corner. So. I think that it is possible that he could be a sneaky person there, but that would be the only reason. Like, I think that Booth and Linderbaum together, like if you just take position out of it, I think that they both would be considered like the best player available. Right. Right. Uh, But the only reason is because of the lack of depth in this corner position. And, you know, not knowing how that would play out would be the only reason I would lean Booth, but either one of those guys, I think that you're going to get, um, a stud and, and someone that can definitely add to the either position. So for me, I would say that Kyrie Elam, I'm definitely taking Linderbaum. Uh Kyer Elam, I would pass on at that point. That's just me. I did see though, like with that same website, that he did have some impressive uh analytics numbers when you when you talk about, you know, yards per catch that he allowed on him and, and other things like that. But when I just cut on the film, he's not a guy that really wants to tackle anyone. And when you're in the AFC North, like, you have to be able to tackle. And I said this on AFC North Talk, and they were like, well, you don't want your corner to be this amazing tackler. And I was like, you guys just don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, we went through Drake Kirkpatrick, William right. Jackson, and yep. had all of these issues where yeah. these guys were just getting taken off on, and it led to touchdowns.
3: And think about, you know, why we signed Trey Waynes He's arguably – people forget this. Right. Trey right. Waynes is arguably the best tackling corner in the National Football League. That was – the whole reason or rationale, because you're thinking that on a deep threat, you got Jesse Bates over the top. So you're not really even more so concerned like a lot of teams with our scheme. Like you're always going to have help in this game. So, yeah, I don't yeah. think people understand it. Like, I think this is based on open field tackling, Deontay Johnson coming on a drag, right? You need a, a drag route. You need a guy that can bring them down to the ground.
1: Yeah, exactly, and, and I'm glad you brought that up about, about Trey Wayne. That's that's one of the, the big reasons. Uh, if you go back and look at the articles that everybody uh, read or wrote about him, he's a tackler. He's a tackler. He's a tackler. And like no. Ace said, we couldn't, we didn't have anybody who could tackle back then. That was one right. of the biggest issues with the Bengals. So yeah, that, that's why tackling oh, is a big thing. If you're a cor- if you're cornerback, you got to be able to tackle because you're not yeah. you're not gonna stop everybody and if you get beat, right.
2: all of our free and me yeah. and me and Zim, both both oh, of us have played corner like mm-hmm. so when i see a guy that's like scared to do that i'm like oh no he's not the guy that you want on the outside because as soon as that guy's coming at him it's a wrap you right, got to be exactly. ready like you don't have to be the best tackler but you got to be showing that you're not scared to right. try to go low and, and take some guy's legs out
3: we you we Ace. Hey, hey, so we both like you like marcus jones right
2: yeah I love Marcus Jones so, so you would draft Kobe before Marcus Jones I would draft Kobe because Kobe can play on the outside when I looked at that same Jones website inside. they talked about the percentage Kobe has played majority of his time on the outside right. Marcus has been inside Marcus is definitely a lot better than people give him credit for though like he's not like a, a Darius Phillips level corner like not only can oh, he return man. at an elite level he is a really good corner as well it's not right. like. You Know one thing that he does better than the other, you, you got to
3: get creative with him, though, because yeah, we you have, have to get creative. Mike Pelton already there. So, Ice Marcus Jones is a guy that a lot of Bengals fans uh mock Marcus Jones, like usually, like in the four. I right. see that in a lot of my I don't like mocks, but yeah. I see him all day, and they always they always people always pick them,
1: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I my uh, thing is, I love Kobe Bryant, I mean, that's been my my dude. I mean, now I I, I got my Bearcat glasses on here because I'm a, I'm a huge. Bearcat fan, but uh, but to Ace's point, and that's what I keep saying to defend Kobe Bryant is like, look, nobody threw the sauce, nobody, you know, unless they they had unless they had to throw it to him, they always threw it Kobe, and he's the one that won the 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 the, the awards and everything. He's he's the one that was one of the best cornerbacks in college football, so he didn't you know he didn't get all that stuff for no reason. So Kobe, I think is is better than what draft analysts or whatever are, are giving him credit for. And Zim, I agree with you. I, I think. He's going to be there in the second round. I mean, actually, I saw something the other day that sure. Booth might be down. But He might go down in the second round, too. <laughs> Man, so.
3: I, mean, I mean, if you talk, put, like, a good barrier of the world or something like that, he's, like, there's a lot of testing information that yeah. we don't have on Booth. So right. a lot of this is just assuming. Like, you'll see Booth, like, when you watch his film and stuff, you'll see him, like, on the underneath stuff, like, rip guys apart, kill people, or wide receiver screens, be able to kill people. But one thing you don't see a lot of him is, like, Carrying a guy like a Will Fuller type talent down the field. And then, so some of that 40 testing and stuff that he never did, we don't really know. Like, is he Darkways Denar? Because Darkways Denar looked a lot like that. Super right. aggressive, playful, really good defense, good tackler. And, you know, Mark uh, and, and, and Denar kind of had that same build where he was strong as hell. And you look at some of that stuff, you're like, man, I don't know. Like, and what, what happened with the Darkways Denar? Every time, I remember the first time it happened, we played the Steelers. They will put a guy in a slot, have dark plays, then just run a, a fade route and just burn. It. Right. And then and it just became like this habit where teams just like, yeah, well, he can't he can't cover long speed. Now, mind you, there was no Jesse Bates playing behind him at that point. But at the same time, you don't want your corner being burnt toast all the time. And that's <laughs> the one thing that I don't know about uh, Booth to me. I know all that underneath stuff, all them slant routes and everything. He's all over it. He's going to make plays. I don't know about, like, so There, like, I think the fans, I think a lot of that uh, with the fans, too, is, like, early on, Booth was, like, the second, third corner coming off the board. Right, right. Now that this is kind of transpired, like, all this stuff has come off, they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer he's at 31. But when we look at the testing for a lot of these guys, that's the one guy you don't have a lot of information on. You're just kind of human. I don't think him... Think about this, bro. People talk about Linderbaum just oh 100% he'll be gone in 31. Like, how often does a center get taken in the first? Right? All, I don't, only I don't think second. that
2: it's a 100 percent chance. I don't he's I don't only a a center. definitely don't yeah. I definitely don't believe that he's like a definite guy that will be gone. Right. I don't I don't believe that. I don't think so at all.
3: I don't buy that. And and then if you look at like right in front of us, it's the Chiefs who already have their center. Like I, I if you look at the if you really look at it, I looked, I broke this down one day. There's only four teams in from 18 to 31 that would even draft the center. But there is not a GM in the world that I can see that says he's an elite corner, elite wide receiver, and those same teams that need the four, they all need wide receivers and they all need corner. There's not a GM in the world that's gonna say. Or, or they need offensive line guy that you know can the multitude guy, right? That can right, play multiple. Right. There's no GM that's taking a center over that.
2: Like, like if just, Zion Johnson is there, they probably would take, take him just because he's the money. They, they, Some different positions, right? Trace the money well, center. The
3: highest paid center is probably like twelve million dollars, right?
1: Well, and, because and Z- Zion, not as yeah, and Zion can play play guard or tackle, so that that's exactly. that's where he, he's more d- diversified than, than Linemobile L- L- is only a center. That is it
2: so, think- so ice man i gotta what? i gotta let you hear this man because you're a What's kobe up? bryant fan so yes sir i was talking about sis right all right this is their board at corner all right derrick stingley is number one um uh, uh sauce Gardner is number two right trent mcduffie is number three andrew booth is number four kobe bryant is number five Ooh. And they say Ryan doesn't have elite speed and needs to become a better tackler, but is an intelligent and athletic corner who has the field awareness and ball skills to be a longtime starter at the next level. That's him over Cam Taylor Britt. That's mm-hmm. him over Kyer Elam. That's mm-hmm. him over Roger McCurry. That's him over Kyler Gordon, which this is the first time I've ever heard a website or just draft people in general ever putting him over those guys. Which right makes me wonder like do they know something that we don't are the numbers saying something that we don't know or the, what? The, the top 100
3: to me you know versus last year when we're talking top 50 top 100 it was very clear on a lot of different guys i think this draft is really people going to look at it because we look at so many mocks they're going to look at so many people like me and ace were talking about kyle hamilton it's just conventional wisdom for everybody else, like myself, that Kyle Hamilton is one of the best safeties or whatever, and we've seen it for months. I think a lot of people are going to be shocked that when he doesn't get drafted, like in the top 10 or something, right? Or like, it, it, there are a lot of guys that the people are really high on that I think that you're going to see as this draft plays out. They're not really what we think they are. But I would tell you, Ace, in that same circumstances, if um, um, uh, Kobe was on the board, you got guys like Brisker, uh, Daxon Hill, and those tweener safety cor- uh, corner combos right. that will eventually need a Von Bell replacement if you don't get uh, B- Bates on the contract anyway. To right. me, if I saw that on the board like second round and those guys are still there with him, or whatever, I'm I'm running to the podium with like Daxon Hill. I, I do like Kyler Gordon as well too, but he is a lot like Booth. It's like this super crazy athleticism, but the speed isn't there. He ran a four-five on that fast track that everybody was killing at the combine running right, four three, right. four. Four-five. And then let me tell you. So then he goes to his pro day. He elects not to run mm-hmm. because he's probably saying, shoot, I've never topped that. And if that's your best time on a fast track, I I think the NFL is watching that and saying, shoot, I think I can get him in the second round. So a lot of this stuff is like really like flipping around. Because it's not this clear cut, like Andrew Booth is not this clear cut corner that we all thought at the beginning of this process. So we're gonna see a lot of way Kobe Bryant, it wouldn't shock me because he he's aggressive, he's far more aggressive than Elam. So yeah. there's a lot of teams that are gonna value that.
1: Yeah, I just think it's really interesting. Just and that's what's been so different about this draft than the last last two drafts for the Bengals. I mean, we we knew they were gonna draft Jackpot Joey Burrow. We were 99% sure they were gonna draft Chase. Now this year, you got you, first. Year it was going to be at Linderbaum, and then he started dropping. They're like, or, or you know, or, or first it was like, no, he's not going to be there. Then he started dropping. Okay, maybe he will be there. Now it seems like he's going back up a little bit. Then like, all right, maybe it's Booth. Well, Booth's not going to be there. Okay, now he started dropping. Now he's starting to go back up. So it's it's really interesting as to wh- which way this draft is actually going to go. And I'm telling you this: if Linderbaum ba- 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 <laughs> Linder is there, I'm taking him. And if Kobe's mm-hmm. there, dude, I'm taking him, and I'm out. I'm that. That's you got your corner and you got your center, and, and we're, we're good because I'm with you, Zim. I'm like, I want five elite players in front of jackpot Joey Burrow. You give right. him even more time to destroy people because, trust me, they're coming to destroy people this year. That offense was – there were times where, where – well, just the Chiefs game where Uno just went off. Yes. Dude, they can do that <laughs> almost every game this year. Boys, I'm telling you, and I, I start getting fired up when I think about it. I, I think we could drop forty on people uh, yeah. uh, even oh, i Really do. I mean, it's going to be exciting. You really, really fix that offensive line. Even it's already fixed, but if you just push it over the top, dude, it's it's over. It's over.
3: The killer to me is like you remember I came on your show last year and I said this and we were talking about scoring thirty something a game and everything like that. And the sweet spot to me is like if we just score thirty one, I feel like you're going to the Super Bowl. Right. If you score like twenty eight point five, like you're going to go to the Final Four, like of AFC championship football, right? I think if you give Joey Burrow a lead line in the playoffs, like all throughout the season, we might hit some highs and lows. I I even tweeted this earlier today. I wouldn't even care if they lost four or five games during the season. I wouldn't think nothing of it. If I can come to the playoffs with a healthy offensive line and all of our weapons ready to go, there's nobody in the NFL that will want to see that. So. During the season, it might not play out like forty points. Like, well, of course we'll blow out some Pittsburgh games and drop some forty, right? <laughs> but, but along the way, and and then you know the fans will get down on some games where they feel that you know you know how this goes. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. playing seventeen games, but then when you go to playoffs with that, the pressure that's going to be on these other teams to get pressure on Joey like all of these different things. If you just protect them and have our weapons like running on all the full cylinders going into the playoffs, like there's not a team that wants that. And that's what I know. Like I wouldn't even care if they set some guys for a couple games. If they come into the playoffs with a healthy starting five offensive line, including this past year, that's a Super Bowl win. And, and it's, yeah. it's not, and it's so, even is the margins of victory are even bigger this year because now the experience is there.
1: Exactly. What do, you, what do you think about about forty points a game? There, there. Issue. You, you in agreement?
2: Yeah, I have to agree with you, because one thing that I kept saying all last season was, you know, the Bengals haven't been consistent on offense yet. They haven't played their best game yet. And we saw flashes of it. But there were so many times that the offense was inconsistent. They were explosive. Right. They would get these big plays that would happen. But we all remember watching in the first half, like the first quarter, we really wouldn't score like that. And then it would just be like deep bomb to Jamar Chase right before the half or something like that, like two scores, something like that imagine when it's going to be that they just keep scoring or they keep getting field goals and there's no punts or anything like that i don't think that the nfl is ready for that i think that it also opens up the playbook too we talked about that last night as well how they had to do so many quick passes because Mm -hmm. the offensive Mm -hmm. line was so bad so it limited you know what they could do um and so now you're giving him time you're giving time for these routes to progress you're being able to do all kind of different things you're also opening up the run game which nobody is talking about with Joe Mixon which struggled last season Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't talk about that either so I just like a lot of people are going to say you're just a homer in any of that but I feel like we really know our team like you're not going to be able to stop us you couldn't really stop us last year right outside Mm -hmm. of getting pressure to us if you can't do that I don't see how you're going to stop this offense
1: yeah, I, I'm with you, man, I, and that, that's the thats the same sentiment that I, I said last year because people ask me on my show, like, why isn't this offense getting uh, consistent? I said, well, they'll get consistent when we get consistent play from our offensive line. We're going to get that this year. long as I mean, as long as everybody stays, stays healthy, we have to preface that with that. If they get injured, and, you know, it's a whole different thing. And I'm with you, Ace. I can't wait to see Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon has got to be so fired up. I mean, this is the best line he's ever ran in front of his whole NFL career. I mean, I don't know. It's an amazing concept. He can actually make his first cut beyond the offensive line. I don't know if he's ever been able to do, to do that on a consistent basis. I mean, and the thing is, I don't I don't sit there and think we're going to, like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. I, I mean, I, I think it's going to be more pass, but I think it's going to be more of the quality of runs that Mixon's going to have versus right. the quantity. And exactly. I, I think he's going to have an unbelievable year, and it's just going to help him in the long run, too, of not – Getting beat up and and uh, hopefully prolonging his career too. I think right. so. I think it's a win win for for Mixon for sure.
3: Man, man, week one. I'm calling that round right now. They're gonna have a cut back run. He's gonna start off left side counter counter back to that right hand side, and then Lyle Collins gonna be running with him. And it's you gonna be like, whoa, you know, from like a 15 yard run, just like, uh, like at will, right? And so that's yeah. gonna happen. So then you get that play action going, and you're talking about Joey B having time, like. I I just, bro, like, I I think this is the one thing that I do know is, like, and you kind of hit on it. If they can incorporate Chris Evans into the offense, like, early throughout the season, maybe Joe Mixon's numbers aren't mind-boggling, killing stuff. But if you can walk into the playoffs with a healthy Joe Mixon Mm -hmm. and a healthy offensive line, not only are you going to be able to control those games, like, that first game is just going to get controlled. By the time you get into, like, these win-or-die type situations and, and you need a yard or two, Like, it's a no-brainer. Like, some of the – like, the deficiencies of the Super Bowl and stuff are predicated on the offense not being able to trust that they can get one or two yards. If you could just do that, you talk about consistency, it's like throughout the season, there are going to be highs and lows. That's just the way football goes. If you go to the playoffs with that, I just don't – there's not enough – I don't care what these teams have done because Joey B has already been tested throughout all – he took nine sacks yeah, time he, like once you go yeah, to a, bro and they, i mean joe mixon just come off a career year with that like, what
2: like a bad a line what with a bad, bad line, line and not bro, even that many carries
3: and, and then we go online and i was watching somebody it was a tweet and it was just like i'm calling it now bengals are the one team i don't think is gonna make the playoffs i'm thinking to myself like, right. what like all right got I got you. Bro, like, you. You know how I go. Right. You know how that goes. Like you, <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, y'all thought like I, and people take away from the fact that King Davis gate there. These are guys that had high impact, mm-hmm. like Riley Reese of the world that were that were either starters or high impact players that were injured. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to get all, you're getting all Joseph was like, you're getting all those guys back. Plus, you're going to the draft to go get more guys, mm-hmm. and you fixed the one deficiency of the team, and your defense got way better, more in sync throughout the playoffs.
1: Man, so I'm saying. So you guys uh, checked out uh, Lel's uh, new new ink. He got he got on on his leg. He got he got a bang- Bengals tattoo already. Freddie sleep, dude. I'm like yeah. that. Like that's if that's you can't be more all in than that if you're willing to put it put the team that you haven't even played a snap snap for you're willing to put that team's logo and everything on your body like dude you can't be more any more all-in than he is i think and i I think that has to go with the you know jack by Joe burrow's cupcakes and his and his cracker game you know apparently apparently it's really good because he got he got allowed to come here and not leave and go shopping at kenwood mall and hang out and all that stuff so i mean it's 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 gonna be unbelievable unbelievable this year like i said joe burrow is gonna have a five-step drop i mean they couldn't, couldn't even think oh, about doing that last year. And that, that's why I'm going to go back to, uh, to Zach Taylor here. And people were, were railing on him last year about his play calling and everything. And I kept coming on here and defending him. I'm like, look, beginning of the year, Jackpot hurt his knee. And, you know, he's coming back from that. The offensive line, you never knew exactly what he had. End of the season, it started getting injured. So he always had to coach around something. You know what? You're going to have to do that anyway as an NFL coach. But the st- yeah. the some things he had to coach around were pretty freaking big, I think. And, and as far as being the head coach and the play caller. So I think Zach actually, actually gets a kind of a bad rap as far his, as his play calling goes. I think he's a better play caller than people give him credits for. What do you guys think? for me
2: for me i think like like you said uh despite the circumstances like i remember defending zach early on and a lot of people were like you know why are we running in these situations instead of letting joe throw it and i understood that you know joe had to kind of be on kind of a pitch count right with the throws or whatever he couldn't throw more than 25 like and i'm pretty sure that that probably came down from the front office like hey don't don't have don't put him any any kind of situations where he's going to hurt that knee and you had a bad offensive line so yes those parameters of it definitely made it extremely difficult for him for me the only issues that i agree with with zach on um were some of the 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 short yardage play calls Mm -hmm. right like the fourth and ones the fourth and inches like the super bowl and i remember talking about this like throughout the season and i was like okay why don't we just do a QB sneak right and for a while they never did that and you know the reason probably was you don't want to risk joe getting hurt right which i can understand that but my thing was okay if that's the issue why not put somebody like brandon allen in and just do it anyway instead of you know having to do so much just to get an inch or something like that when most teams just go up to the to the line lean over get All the right. first down and keep it moving that was the only thing and for a while he hadn't done it and then he finally did it and I was like okay we're gonna do that but then it happens in the Super Bowl and then we come out there and empty and yeah. Zim was right there with me as soon as I saw them come out of empties and what did I say what did I say as they were walking up to the line I couldn't believe that we were coming up on a fourth and inches and empty mm-hmm. Oh, I, I thought them. I was
3: I said I know I said that I know I tweeted and I said that like right now I don't I don't remember I, don't remember. I know I know I remember I picked up my bag and i knew i knew i knew i didn't like the <laughs> way that was set up like
2: I, yeah when i saw i, I, I couldn't but, believe it was empty like it when we when that play happened that was the first thing that i was saying was like empty right. like on fourth in. so you know in his defense i think that he's a much better play caller like he had the play call with the trick play right with yeah with the, the pass from mixing and stuff he has some brilliant moments in that in that uh game but i think sometimes he kind of gets into his own head on situations like fourth and inches. But overall, I think he's a great play caller. I think he's very creative. I think he was dealing with, you know, the restrictions that he had, right? Like those were the only things. They made adjustments and they were able to beat us and they were able to get past that line and make the play. So if, you know, if he does go empty and let's say uh, Samaje catches it and gets the first down, nobody even talks about <laughs> it. Like It's, it's a completely right. different play. Um, so you know, I can see where people would say that, but I've always defended Zach, and I feel like he's been very consistent uh, with his play calling in terms of the circumstances that he's in.
1: I mean, the thing is, you're gonna you're, people are co- going to complain about play calling no matter what he does. I mean, right. and, and I agree with some some of the stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with everything he does, but I'm just like, there. It's not as bad as, as some people uh, lead it to believe. Now, the one I, the issue I had was with it was why was Piran even in their game? <laughs> There, yeah, why mix it you know. in there? And, and he really? he's said that he messed up basically, you know. And that's right. one thing I do like about Zach, where he'll come afterwards going, Yeah, uh, that's all
2: me. I, it's I it's not like Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis would be like, I know what I'm doing, I'm a coach, <laughs> I've been doing this forever. Zach will come out and be like, You know what, that is on me, you know. Right. You but the, know only, the, play.
3: the thing with it, there's a couple of different things like you, the quarterback sneak thing, I think that was like Joe Burrow protecting the leg, you know part of it like you don't want to show your hand, so you bring in brandon allen and i think then everybody knows it's a quarterback sneak. i guess you could do a fake bootleg off of that or something like that but now you're getting like fancy and tricky that's the only thing but but i think the deficiencies this is a very key year for him in this regard but joey b is always going improvising you're never really going to know 100 percent about zach in my opinion because he's just going to extend plays and make stuff happen and when everything goes right everybody says okay that's the guy Right. The one thing that I thought that Zach did was put ourselves in harm's way a lot of different times, and Jimmy G, and um, uh, who else? And, and, and Aaron Rodgers made him pay for it. But he did it about five times where I don't know. We're gonna find out now that we got an offensive line, right. right? Is it that he just didn't trust the offensive line or what? But we were getting these short yardage situations on the opposition side of the field he did it in Denver game he did it in. he did it in a bunch of games right Causes a stupid play kicks a field and then instead of just going for like a fourth and one fourth and two like something like that to end, ice the game it's fitting we're on Ice iceman show just <laughs> straight up ice the game Leave it like even the playoff game the Raiders game right. that was a game he could have iced it they just yeah. convert convert that game right there then you don't even have Derek Carr come all the way down the field Um, and and, and go for a winning, you know, touchdown attempt. But those are the things I didn't like. But him, uh, uh, Joey B, being able to have more time and do three-step and five-step drops, we're really going to see the route combinations and all different types of stuff from the wide receivers, including tight end Hayden Hurst, all these different guys. Now, we're really going to get a chance to see this. I think this season right here is going to get Callahan, like a brand-new head head coaching job. Like,
1: yeah, he almost got yeah, it last man. year. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So I'll bring this up to, to, to Jesse Bates. We've, we've mentioned him here a couple of times on this broadcast and, uh, uh, we all want, want him signed. Uh, it hasn't happened. He's got to play this year on the franchise tag. Um, I got a bad feeling that this might be Jesse Bates last year if they don't come to an agreement and there's part of me that I kind of blame his agent. I think his agent is not doing right by him, but that's just my own personal opinion, um do you think the reason i say that that this might be his last year is because we have jackpot joey burrow coming up we have uno we have t higgins and those three to me nothing against jesse bates those three you got to keep They're, you know and and, and with the, with the money that being thrown around this year for just the wide receivers alone that's where i'm like i don't know and the Bengals typically don't pay safeties that much they just they just don't that's just the way it is and so that's where i'm like this could be his last year i can't see him coming back on a, sec, a second year in a row as a franchise tag. I don't know how that would go over so well. So I, I got a feeling that this might be his last year if they don't sign him. What's your guys' thoughts on that?
3: I, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat with you. I feel like I, I heard multiple reports. I heard a report like a couple of weeks ago that said the negotiations were back on. But then also, I think it was Tyler Dragon or something that reported said, that, no, they hadn't spoke again. So, yeah. uh, and I think that was who said it. So I don't want to like misspeak, but it was, it right. was another like, reporter that we trust I, I i i've come to grips that i think that looking at the guys like lewis we were talking about the draft earlier like lewis seen uh dax uh daxon hill all these guys like that that kind of have like multiple safety role slash corner things i think if you see one of those guys come off the board and with us like early mm-hmm. i feel like that puts like the writing on the wall a little bit it because it's going to it's gonna allow the Bengals to dig their their toes into the sand like a little bit harder. And once that happens, then I think, like you said, Jesse Bates agent is then gonna say, you know, well, we ain't gonna get the highest paid over here no more. And right. I think that is what it is. And I'm one of those guys that I'm like, man, once, is, once you know that, don't lose value. Like I, I would hate for Jesse to go this season, lose value, and then any trade possibility or anything that they could have they lose it so I think at did after we come out of this draft like it'll tell you a lot like what, what what if you see a safety or two safeties get drafted I think that's very very telling there you go what do you, what do you think there Ace
2: yeah I think um Jesse base Asian is it David Margetta is that his, is I that think his yeah I
1: think that's, that's the same one as uh as uh Deshaun Watson
2: yeah yeah man he uh definitely caused the ripple effect i think with getting deshaun watson that contract i think before the deshaun watson deal came out with all of that guaranteed money i think that there was still a good chance that they could have come to some kind of agreement um and extended this thing but with that happening and then like you said with the wide receiver market exploding both of those and with us having joey b and t higgins up next season it just doesn't seem like it would be something that they'd be able to do. And then you also talk about Jonah in the next coming years um, being up there, too. So unfortunately, with that market changing, thanks to the Browns, now we're put in a situation where you may have to let someone like not only Jesse Bates, possibly Von Bell go right um, after next season. Just given the circumstances and given the situation, Um, does Joe, does that mean that Jesse Bates isn't worth it? No, I don't think it's, it's that at all. It's just that the league is changing so much and the structure is changing so much that that's going to affect other positions. Like you might you might even see the Browns cut some of their safeties next season just because of that. So now it just pulls into those premium positions of corner, edge rusher, uh, quarterback, wide receiver. And so it's just literally changed the league. So unfortunately, with that happening, I just don't know how they make it happen. Like unless Jesse Bates is going to take a discount, which he shouldn't. um, I don't see it happening in right, Cincinnati not,
1: at least. Yeah, exactly. And then we're talking about, you know, the the corner mar- market kind of going down. Well, it came out today that uh Stefan Diggs signed a, a two-year $23 million deal that includes uh 14 million of it guaranteed. So, he got so his Gilmore, money. Yeah, Gil- uh, Stephon Gilmore. What would I say? Sorry, Stephon Gilmore. Sorry, my
2: bad. Diggs like, got yeah. paid too though. So, you're yeah. not wrong about that. Yeah, dude. yeah,
1: Diggs that's yeah, Diggs got 96 million dollars on his uh extension. But well, yeah, I'm saying reading. Reading, I still said the wrong name. But I mean, that that right there, I mean, that was one of the guys that I was kind of hoping the Bengals might be able to pull off and and sign. I don't think the Bengals are going to sign anybody in uh, uh, as far as outside the organization is free agents until after the draft. Right now, where, where where we're at, but that just goes to show you that there's still teams willing to pay pay guys money, and that's where for the Bengals to keep all this together and have this the the long uh, Super Bowl window open as long as we hope it will be. Bengals fans are going to have to say goodbye to some of their favorite players. That's just that's just the way it is, and unfortunately, and that's what we're going to get used to. But I don't think I know Jackpot Joey's not. I know Uno's not. And I'm pretty. I'm hoping T's not. I'm not. I don't know about you I guys. We're gonna, we
3: gonna get it done, bro. Yeah. I feel like think about I hope the Bengals. So. Break. I love think about them T Higgins and, and Jamar and these guys that raised opening day. Like that. That is the right. core. I, I right. feel like they're feeling like those are the guys. Like just off of the age and. How long they can do this. I think we're going to be like eight years from now, we're going to be talking about T. Higgins and Jamar Chase is one of the greatest tandems like the NFL has ever seen because of Joey Burrow. Right. Like, no matter what happens with Joe, if you, yeah, it's going to be high turnover around the roster for right, sure. Right, right. I think our partner, John Sheeran, was saying something one time before about how uh, Bengals got a draft like, like straight up like not in win now mode like just draft like lender moms of the world i'm guessing i, I didn't hear the full speech that he said right. but i was thinking that myself is like you'll get some ted karis's and stuff like that to fill in two-year three-year gaps at like some deficiencies on your team but they're going to go back to their bread and butter of drafting guys that go through their system and then try to get them on that second contract but a lot of guys that outperform those contracts won't be brought back and they're always going to have a replacement is it, I mean, you look at Tom Brady's teams. That's that's how they did it. Like they they had core players that they know they wouldn't go without, but they could just bring in a Randy Moss for a two three year period, interchange them out, right. come back. You know, like if, if 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 the Aaron Hernandez and Gronk situation hadn't gone like Aaron Hernandez made it go, right. you know, like they, they would have kept that as their core, and then they would have just interchanged a bunch of random wide receivers, and they and they just kind of pick their core every step of the way and it interchange like all these guys around it they're going to just find the next to in a couple years ago from now they'll find the next von bell the next mike hill and they'll just keep on doing that over and over but the one constant that will remain is joey b jamar chase and t higgins
2: yeah exactly. I, I agree nobody wants to talk about it just like the jesse base thing but i tend to look at what are they going to do with Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, right? Like, are they going to, like, linebacker is in a position where you want to pay, like, that much for it. Like, it's it's a situation where historically they haven't really, liked to pay for linebackers, right? That's why we have these guys that they have there. And with the league moving how it is, Are they going to be willing to invest in linebackers are they going to be willing to invest in safeties when they have to pay these other positions are they going to be willing to invest in running backs like these are things i think that will come up uh, with the circumstances that they have now and i'm interested to see how they work through it but i think like zim said if you take the patriotic approach with the new england patriots and you keep winning and you keep banking on guys like Lyle collins coming to cincinnati for less money, just because they want to play with Joey B and Amigos, I think that that's a winning strategy. Exactly, exactly. All right, guys, you've been on for like forty six minutes. I appreciate it. Zim. I know you got to go, brother. My
1: bad. I I got I got talking and we're having fun. I forgot. yeah anyway,
2: like
1: that, bro. Yeah, I, 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 I said You you got to go. Anyway, um tell everybody what you got going on with Winston out of here real quick, or whatever else you want to plug before I let you guys guys go. Uh,
3: yeah, make sure. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, I was just going to say make sure you guys follow us. It's Wincincinnati Pod on Twitter. And you spell it like Wincincinnati just like Cincinnati you just put a double in front of it, but Wincincinnati Pod on Twitter. Subscribe to Wincincinnati uh Pod on all streaming services and especially our YouTube. If you write us a review on there and subscribe to the pod, um we're we're doing like a free prize giveaway coming up soon. So we're we're, we're trying to get reviews and get more subscribers, but we got some really really Crazy guests coming up on there, and as always, you can go to newstrikecity.com, get some good gear, and zimhooday.com, get some really good gear.
1: There you are. All right, nice Zim, I appreciate you, brother.
3: Appreciate you, Ice Man.
1: All right, all right, Ace, anything you want to uh, say before I let you go? Happy birthday, thanks, brother.
3: Thanks,
2: yeah, happy birthday, bro. Appreciate you for having us, and yeah, just look forward to the stuff that we have coming from Cincinnati.
1: Awesome, man. As always, I appreciate you, and yes, sir, day? all right guys i'm back i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did i love my boys ace and zim uh they have wealth on a new venture started their own podcast they broke away from uh cincy jungle and uh got their own podcast got their own uh gonna have their own youtube channel i think i think they're gonna start all over on that too so make sure you guys go check out the Wednesday Night podcast like i said there's my dudes and augie i would love to do a, a show with them uh once a week, once every other week, something like that. That would be a really cool thing to to do. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't live, brother. You <laughs> it was recorded. You you showed you showed up late. I recorded that earlier today. So um anyway, um, I hope you guys like that. Like I said, uh, go check out Cincinnati. Uh we got Easter weekend. I hope you guys are have a wonderful Easter weekend. Go enjoy your family and friends, and uh let's have some fun. Let's get to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. They're Hootay Nation, day Legion, Cincinnati Reds, Riding Third, Heading for Home, the Ohio State Bucknuts, the Ice Bar, uh, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country. And then you can follow me on all my social media platforms, all under Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. Please make sure you follow all of them. Just look up Sports Strawberry Ice. You'll be able to find me. I will be pulling off sound later on tonight. So if you missed any of the interview with Ace and Zim and you can't watch it for however long, an hour and 15 minutes I've been on right now, go check it out on the podcast. It's on B-Pod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Nobody's done that yet except me. <laughs> but give me a five-star review. It's on Spotify. I would greatly appreciate it. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. Youtubers, you guys are killing it! I love it. I'm up to 1,577 subscribers. I am jumping. This last two weeks, I have made huge jumps, and that is unbelievably awesome because it's off season for football. I know we got the Reds, but I know most of you join the show here to watch me talk about the Bengals, and I appreciate you guys jumping on and appreciate you subscribing. So please, as always, tell your friends, tell your neighbors about Sports with Strawberry Ice. I also I launched the Strawberry Ice. Uh, store. I tweeted it out. It's pinned to the top of my Twitter page. Uh You can check it out there if you guys are interested in any of the products. I got it as cheap as I... am Seriously, I'm making maybe a dollar on each each product. It's basically just... I've had people ask me if, if I have any. I I got a store up. So make sure... uh If you guys are interested, go check it out. We got hoodies, t-shirts. I don't have any hats because they didn't have hats. I don't know why. Uh, but I got hoodies, t-shirts and stuff like that. It always... If you guys are interested in the jackpot Joey stuff, go to jackpotjoey 9com and portions of the proceeds from every purchase there. Go to the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Foundation. I know we have some new hats coming out there. We got the orange and orange hats and black on black hats. So they're really cool, really stylish. Go check them out. And other than that, you guys have a wonderful weekend. I got a great uh lineup of guests next week. I'm gonna keep doing these little short uh shorts that are on the channel, smaller clips um on the channel as well like earlier today i did an interview with annie sabo she's the new reds broadcaster she does the pre and post game shows on the on ballet sports and yes sabo she is the daughter of my boy chris sabo my favorite player of all time anyway it was a really cool interview with her if you have not checked it out please go check it out like i said go have a wonderful weekend and other than that that's just sports, baby. See ya.
0: Stripes, stripes, Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly Ooh, yeah. The beast is awake, orange, black and white Cause when the jungle come alive Who day yeah. we ignite? ignite. A... stripes, Cincinnati we gon' rise In our a... in the jungle we unite and our stripes. stripes, dripping orange and black and white Who day when we fight? Live and die in these stripes Wake up the beast, every day is a feast Time to bust it off the leash in the jungle City streets, east side, stand up. West side, stand up. If you weapon, who they? Time to put your hands up. Dingle stripes, we in it. New day, new age, yeah, we get it. Cincinnati, jungle, fit it. Who they in our house, we win it. Orange and black and white, we build it. Earn our stripes, you know, we kill it. Bleed our colors, jungle, dripping, nasty. Beast don't beast and note Who ain't rockin' with the diamond stripes, Flossin' on the rings, Cincinnati sees our queen